Welcome back to another episode of Motor City Bets. My name's Trevor, and we're joined today with Josh. Josh, how are you doing, sir? I am doing very, very good now, Trevor. I have officially joined yourself in the microphone club officially for podcasts. I'm very excited to have some better audio for us. You to- sound you sound amazing, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, but rough weekend uh, financially. <laughs> there were a lot of highs. Actually, not many highs. There were a lot of lows. Yeah, um, online, online gambling has been pretty sick. <laughs> so it, it launched last Friday, the 22nd. And we, we've, we got our first full weekend of it, so we're pretty excited to dive into it. Before we get there, though, I just want to mention that if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Don't listen to me or Josh when it comes to actual gambling advice. As you guys will find out, we're... <laughs> We're not handicappers. Uh, we're by no means good. And so please just take our advice with a with a grain of salt there. So this podcast currently is also available on Spotify. We're, we're looking to take our talents to Apple as well here soon. So keep your eye out on that. As always, also follow us on Twitter at Motor City Bets. That's again, at Motor City Bets. All right, Josh. So there's a lot of action this weekend. You said a lot of, a lot of highs, you know, in quotation marks and well, an awful lot of lows. <laughs> let's uh let's jump right in with with Friday. How are we feeling on Friday come noon? Friday, oh, oh, that day it sends shivers up my back, uh, bringing me back to that kind of initial excitement. I, I was really looking forward to to being able to live back games and hopefully try and win some money back. You know, Barstool Sports had a couple of good promos going this weekend and uh friday i had the detroit pistons and the detroit red wings to both win in their games and i also had uh detroit Detroit sports teams suck, Trevor. I, I I don't I don't know what to tell you. You they're, know, part, part of me is happy that a lot of the nation got a chance to really see that this weekend. I feel like there's a lot of news, a lot of hype in the in the online sports talking world about Michigan and like its sports teams. I'm really happy that they got a chance to feel our <laughs> suffering. Anybody who was riding with us, but we will get to the Detroit sports updates a little bit later on in the show. Josh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue on, good sir. No worries. I also had the Jeremy Grant. Prop hit for over 23 and a half points. He scored 21. I was very upset about that. Oh, and I, took, I took that on your advice. Didn't didn't hit. Didn't hit. And then I was in the middle of uh, working, and I come to find out that one of Purdue's star basketball players is injured. I'm sorry, not injured. He is put on the COVID list for testing positive. And it got me, it got me thinking. I'm thinking to myself, I hate Michigan. I, I don't like anything that they're about. But this seems like free money. So I text my good old buddy, TL, and I say, Trevor, am I, am I an idiot for wanting to take Michigan in the points here? And, you know, Trevor gave me some wise words. He said, no, but I'd never do it. I fucking hate Michigan. And so I threw 15 on to win, I believe, like 1490. And that was my only win for the weekend. I won't lie. So everything- I wish I, I, wish, I, I immediately regretted not taking that game. <laughs> yeah, Every- 55 bets this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I broke even. Um, I mean, maybe down like five bucks overall, uh, which I that's, think that's honestly still is, a win. is really fucking impressive. <laughs> but at this point, like, it's not even necessarily about like my earnings because I mean, I broke even on the winnings. I guess you can call them winnings, but um, morally, I got kicked in the dick. 
just fucking annihilated. I've learned a lot of lessons uh, in these four fucking days. Uh, first and foremost, the NHL is goddamn impossible <laughs> to bet on. Josh, I can't fucking tell you how many times I was just like, all right, you know what? These teams are the better teams. I had so many little, like, tiny little parlays for the NHL this weekend, thinking, like, no way these teams lose. No way. And uh, they found a way. <laughs> I've been riding with the Avs for pretty much this entire year, even before the launch here in Michigan. And the, I mean, they fucking, they're, they're going into my, my, my most painful loss. I had like five or six different bets on this fucking game. I don't know why. Um, I, I do know why. Cause online gambling is legal now. So it's fucking fun, but I had five fucking five or six bets on the Avs versus the Anaheim ducks. The Avs were the odds-on favorite to begin the season winning the fucking Stanley Cup. The Ducks were among the bottom five, per like close to the top, if not tied for the top, to potentially win the draft lottery this year. They're a dog shit fucking team. They have nothing. They have no talent. They're all old. They suck. Anaheim's a terrible place. I mean, I've never been to even California, but I can't. Like Anaheim seems like the bastard fucking stepchild of California. It's not San Jose. It's not the Bay Area. It's not fucking Los Angeles. It's Anaheim. I am disgusted. You know what they do? I, I moved the line on one of my bets for the Avs to win by two. Just win by two. Two fucking goals. You know what happens? They get shut out. They lose 2-0. <laughs> I had game props on fucking a lot of players to score some points. Can't happen if you don't score any <laughs> And this is all coming off of Friday because Friday I took the Avs and then they ended up winning. But I was relatively inebriated uh, with some friends, obviously all social distancing naturally. And I happened to open up my phone. I was like, oh, shit, like these bet, like these props look pretty cool. So I took like five props on the Avs and they all hit. I was like, I am a genius. So my Friday started off strong. I hit an NHL parlay. My first NHL parlay hit. Love that for you. I won't even like go through all of them because I play so many fucking bets. But I had an NHL parlay hit, which paid me like 150 bucks, which felt pretty nice. And then I had all those prop bets hit. And I was going into Saturday with confidence. I had an okay Saturday. And I was going into Sunday with all the confidence in the world. And uh, we'll get to that. You know, a little bit later in the next segment here. I want to I want to stick to sports that aren't football right now. That being said, Josh, there's a pretty big thing that happened this weekend in the UFC. The notorious Conor McGregor was the main ticket event again. Did you watch any of that fight? Did you have anything going on in that? Uh, I did not have the ability to watch the fight because you have to pay fifteen million dollars to watch the fight, and I was point. not I was not willing to pay that much. But I made it an impulsive decision, and it was my first, <laughs> it was my very first of many, many mistakes when it comes to what I'm going to learn throughout the course of online gambling. I made an impulsive decision there, Trevor, and I bet with, uh, I believe the boost was Abu Rabi. Mm. Uh, Rabi from Barstool. Uh, had an interview with Conor McGregor and the odds were boosted from, I believe minus minus one ninety to plus 100. So, you know what I, I said? I said, screw it. McGregor. I've seen him fight before. Cat, the cat can ball. Cat can throw some haymakers. He can get in there and get a little rough and rowdy. I threw $40 down and I lost. $40. I am officially 0 and 5 on McGregor fights. Not only did I have him money line, I also had a couple props. All of them lost. The worst part was, I literally remember, I was watching with my dad. Shout out to my dad. It was his birthday on Monday, so I hung out with him all weekend trying to celebrate a little bit, and as much as we could during these COVID times. But anyway, I'm watching with him, and about five minutes before the main ticket event starts, I just won on the fight before that. I was feeling pretty good, and I was like, oh, shit. I always lose with Conor McGregor, and my dad's like, you know what? He's the better fighter here. He, he's he got a little bit of stuff to prove. Like, ride with him. It'll be okay. So, I did that, and um, he lost. <laughs> he fucking lost. I mean, I think he broke his leg or some shit. I don't, I don't know. I don't much care too much about the, the UFC. I lose every fucking bet I ever place on the UFC. It's the next main ticket UFC event. If Josh and I talk about it and you hear me say something, fucking fade me. <laughs> that being said... <laughs> I had also <laughs> learned that 
not only is the NHL hard to bet on, <laughs> the KHL is hard to bet on. So on Monday, there was only one NHL game scheduled on the slate. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm coming off a tough weekend. I'm going to try and get my hopes up, turn things around on Monday. Rebound time. Rebound time, exactly, Josh. And so I was like, I, I was looking at some like games in other leagues. And I was like, man, the KHL is pretty fucking tight. I mean, the Russians are crazy bastards. Like, they play hockey pretty good. So I was like, man, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to bet on this team. So I bet on, like, the premier Russian team. And he's like, I don't even know the name of them. Like, the Moscow Red or some fucking whatever. I mean, fucking Putin has played on that team before. Like, they are – they're legit. They lost. <laughs> fucking course they lost. Probably the only game they're going to lose this year because I think it's illegal for them to lose. But they somehow found a way. So that, that kind of sums up where I'm at right now. Uh, I, I I dabbled in the NBA. I mean, I fucking – I had money everywhere. I mean, you don't make 55 bets only but on the same thing. Uh, <laughs> no, so that's, you do not. That's just all around tough. Um, and, Josh, I, th- I think I think with that, I kind of want to move in to championship weekend. So that, that's the big news uh, this weekend for me gambling-wise and just as a sports fan-wise. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Let's uh let's kind of kick things off with the NFC, the three o'clock game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the number one seeded Green Bay Packers. So I wasn't calling it this, but a lot of people were calling this the Battle of the Bays. Um and you know, in the Battle of the Bays, you have two legendary quarterbacks. You know, we, we gave a good rundown beforehand. But there's one key thing that we were promised that just never, ever, ever happened on Sunday. The weatherman on Friday, when I placed this bet, said it's supposed to snow. And Josh, when there's snow on the ground in Lambeau and you got two teams that can run the ball pretty well and one team that has horrific run defense in the Green Bay Packers, you kind of think that, hey, the the under seems like a safe bet. Seems like a guarantee, a fucking lock. Agreed. It was sunny at kickoff. No snow. Zero. It was like 35 fucking degrees. No snow. Um, as, soon, as soon as the ball kicked off, I was sweating in my fucking boots. Um, so, see, here's the thing. Josh and I are relatively good people. And Great people. when I saw an opportunity to donate to small businesses to the Barstool Fund through gambling, I was like, geez, I already donated to them. But gambling, helping small businesses in my own community, it seemed like a fucking lock. However, I had already uploaded money into my account before I realized the stipulation was that you need to bet everything that you had uploaded into your account. Tough break. Tough break. So I had uh, I'd put $150 in there thinking that I was just going to like play around with that for the weekend and try and be conservative on the first weekend of betting online because I knew I was going to take at least 50 fucking bets somehow. Wrong. Wrong. Yep. So I realized after the show on Friday that I actually should probably get really risky if I'm going to try and make as much money as I can because that bet was guaranteed like money back if it didn't hit. So I had taken the under in both the games plus Bill's money line. Those of you who are listening to the show know the scores of these games and know how it turned out. So you can understand my pain a little bit. And it all started on the kickoff when I saw the sun. I was like, this game's not going to go under and I'm fucked. <laughs> so as soon as I realized I was fucked, as soon as Tampa Bay scored in the first fucking five minutes, I ran back to the app. And I was like, oh, I got to fucking make my money in the bills then. So I fucking threw another $100 on the bills. We'll How get to that. Out. We'll get to that later. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's get back to the NFC championship. So Tom didn't look good. He looked he looked like he had borrowed a little bit of fucking Drew Brees' infinity ring. I, I wasn't I wasn't all in all impressed. But at the same time, too, it's Tom Brady. He managed that game very well. And he only was really missing throw. I mean, he had, what, three picks, and two of them were off the hands of receivers. I mean, yep. you know, I feel like there needs to come out with a new stat for interceptions that are caused by your receiver basically tipping the ball like a fucking volleyball into the other player's hand. 
No, yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. I took a leap of faith to win some nice merch from the Barstool store. I decided to partake in Big Cat's Can't Lose Parlay. I also partook in that. The odds for this parlay were Tampa Bay and Buffalo plus eight and a half, with both scores being over 45. Tampa Bay covered. There's over 45 points. I also had Devontae Adams to score the first touchdown of this game. I believe he had been over 60% on his first touchdowns in the game. And I'm coming back home. And I, I, I pull up to the TV and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already scored Trevor. There's $15 down the drain. Plus 650 boosted odds kills me. I also had that. I, I think the, the big takeaway from this game was that Buccaneers defense is, is legit. And Tom Brady knows how to take advantage of mistakes. I mean, that, for, that, that touchdown just before halftime to put them up, what, 21 to 10? Yeah, I think so. I think another big takeaway, too, is that establishing the run game in today's NFL is still actually very important. Um, of course. I think that, I mean, a big lesson I've taken away just from the Washington playoffs with money on the line here this year is that <laughs> this goes, this is so fucking cliche and easy to say, but, like, the playoffs are so different than the regular season. Um, you're seeing guys just really, really put everything out there, and I think you're seeing coaches kind of coach a little bit out there. But that kind of brings me to the next point that I want to make here. What the fuck is Matt LaFleur? Like, what the fuck? Kicking field goal? Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, you know, that's... Uh, he he received a lot of criticism for that call. I mean, you're going up against the greatest quarterback of all time against Tom Brady. You're down eight under three minutes, I believe. Maybe he was even under two. No, and, the other two minute one. I think it was about four and a half minutes left. Okay, around the four four and a half minute mark, and you want to try and get the ball back from the greatest quarterback of all time, right? That, like he hasn't it, been in this type of situation in a fucking championship game before, like right? It's not like man the floor. It's not like Tom Brady's got six Super Bowl rings. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. six. It's six. One doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that. Green Bay needed to go for it because even if they didn't score a touchdown there, they would have been deep in, uh, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay territory. They would have been, I believe, somewhere inside the 15. And so if their defense could have gotten a stop, they, they could have come back down the field and had another opportunity. You know, right, so I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take the exact opposite take here all day on every podcast I listen to today. Everyone's like, Matt Lafleur is a dumbass, and my innate reaction, as you guys just heard, is I agree. I mean, I personally, as a, I mean, we're a Detroit sports show here. Fuck the Green Bay Packers. Watching them lose made me happy in ways I can't describe. It's kind of like when you see Michigan lose. It's just like ooh, warms you up a little bit. Oh yeah. But that being said, I think in part. That may be a smart move. So on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have Tom Brady, obviously, knows how to play fucking football, clearly. You also have a receiving core that is extremely lethal going deep. You got guys like Mike Evans who pick apart the secondary of opposing teams' defenses. Chris Godwin. And, and Chris Godwin. I mean, and you saw Tom Brady complete an over 50-yard pass. So Scotty Miller. Yep. Devil's advocate situation here. Let's say they don't kick that field goal. I mean, they had eight yards to go. That's tough when your star running back is out of the game. So you can't – like, the defense knows you're passing. True. Also, the offensive line for the Packers was terrible. They're missing that – they're the, one of their star, I think, left guard. He was number 69. He's fucking stud. He was hilarious on Twitter a couple times this year, too. Can't Brian Balaga. I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Just a all around great guy. Hope he recovers well. But 
Anyway, so the offensive line's banged up. They're letting in sacks all the time. Aaron Rodgers is usually pretty good and pretty unsackable. Just absolutely looking like fucking Brett Favre out there on the ground all the time. Oof. And so, like, let's say, yeah, let's say you go for it on the eighth yard or eight to go. No star running back. You got your second string in, and Aaron Rodgers is taking a lot of sacks that day. Let's say they get a stop there. All of a sudden, Tom Brady makes a fucking 50-yard throw, which he had already made in the game. I think his next longest throw was over 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he'd thrown a lot of interceptions that quarter, but, you know, <laughs> he's still Tom fucking Brady. He still has it in him. Um, you know, all of a sudden, that momentum is gone. Like, that just absolutely, like, people pack up, go home. Like, the game's fucking over. So, at least you're guaranteeing yourself the points. Personally... As a man who had the under in this game, the fourth quarter almost gave me a fucking heart attack. <laughs> Going into the fourth quarter, two points, or actually one point, separated the over and the under from hitting. I needed it to be a scoreless fourth quarter, which I, and deep in my heart, I knew wasn't going to happen. But then all of a sudden you have three and out, three and out, interception, three and out, punt, interception, punt, interception, three and out. And I'm like... There's a chance. <laughs> there wasn't a chance. That field goal fucking <laughs> fucked me. So, fuck you, Matt LaFleur. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, there's rumors that he's out of Green Bay. I don't know how true those are. I don't even know where he goes. Uh, we can get to speculation, you know, sometime next week when all the storylines start to come out a little bit more at the end of the season. But, Josh, I think if you're good, I want to move on to the AFC. Let's do it. <laughs> So in the AFC, you have the Buffalo Bills, who are red hot all year, led by a guy by the name of Josh Allen, who can absolutely great name launch a football. The guy can throw a football pretty pretty far, and I'm sure you guys have probably heard of the quarterback on the other side of that ball, Patrick Mahomes. Pretty decent, kind of annoying in all of his commercials, but I guess that happens when you've only been in the NFL for three seasons, and two of them you've gone to the Super Bowl, and the other one. He lost to the best quarterback of all time and also got the MVP that year. So this kid's special. I also felt lied to by the weatherman again. I was expecting it to be cold and possibly sleeting. It was wrong again. Yep. Not not accurate. So that one hurt. Um, But at this point, the bet was already over. Like I said, I had doubled back down on the bills and the first little bit of the game, I was feeling real comfortable, real confident. Bills came out 9-0. As soon as they missed that extra kick, I was like, this game's over. I fucked up. All downhill. Yep, all downhill. I knew. I had that feeling, that wor- the horrible feeling when you just know a team's about to fall apart. That's that's essentially what happened for me right there. And I had a crazy amount of props on this game and just <laughs> fucking <laughs> – like the other game, nothing hit. I think that, uh, you know, I was coming into this year with the NFL thinking it was still the regular season for betting. I was seeing playoff football, but I was betting regular season. So I think next year it's the playoffs for me too. And I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to find ways to keep digging harder, keep my feet moving, head up, the whole thing. So I expect my – I'm holding myself to a higher standard. Next. So this is a transition year, growing year. We're rebuilding kind of like the lines, you know, we're always rebuilding. And I do think that next year we're just going to see an explosion out of me betting uh, in the playoffs. I see it. I'm just chalking this whole year up to a loss. So whatever happens to me in the Super Bowl, doesn't matter. This year's over. It's I'm all, I'm focused on next year. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say, I also, for this Kansas city and Buffalo game, I was rooting for those bills to be, Within plus eight and a half, didn't get that. I also took a nice little bet off of Barstool to have there be under 109 and a half points scored between both games. And looking back on that, I'm an idiot for doing so. Trevor, the four teams that were in the championship game last weekend were the top four offenses in the NFL. This yeah, season. I knew that stat when I made my unders bet, Josh. I fucking knew <laughs> that. And I was like, you know what? Every motherfucker with a brain's going to take the overs in these games. Every person who's ever thought any thought successfully is going to take the overs. And then I was like, you know what? You sprinkle a little bit of fucking snow in there, a little bit of fucking winter. 
all of a sudden <laughs> Mother Nature a little bit less good. But guess what? Mother Nature fucked me again. So I I just I'm at a loss for words. I fucking uh, it wasn't the first time, and it sure as hell won't be the last. Here's the thing that really surprised me. Patrick Mahomes somehow recovered from a concussion faster than anybody he's ever done anything ever. I've had six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is in every possible way better than me. I mean, in pretty much everything. <laughs> but to recover from concussions that fast, I mean, like, how? how? Like, I don't – I wish I – I mean – I mean, granted, he's talented at athletics, but, like, at least tell the world your secret on getting over conkeys that quickly because I'm probably going to get another one. I bang my head on shit all the fucking time. It'd be pretty fucking convenient to have a little bit of guide on how I can get over it in less than a fucking week. And also, he's goddamn foot and ankle. The whole first quarter, the motherfucker's limping around like he can't fucking walk, and I'm like, oh, this guy's washed. Josh Downs is going to fucking kill him. Then the second quarter happens, he scores 21 unanswered points, and I'm like, oh. I still know nothing about sports. Like, fantastic. Good job, Trev. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it took not just me, but I think a lot of fans to really remember who the Kansas City Chiefs are. And Trevor, this this, this dynasty of, of Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're going to be around for the next six to eight years. See, I think there's a real important thing you just said there, and that's Andy Reid. Oh, of course. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes develops as fast in a different system. I think that he's, regardless of anything, he's very talented. But there's a lot of guys in the NFL who are very talented. I think that that combination of Andy Reid's aggression on the offensive play call, I mean, like it's second to down, that little shovel pass, I mean, how the fuck do you defend that? <laughs> I mean, I... It's tough. I mean, at the end of the day, if, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't feel like it, he could just run it in himself. Or right. he can fucking throw it to the – like, there's so many things that he can do there that, I mean, it's just – I don't know. I mean, I think that that's – I'm going to use this as a, as a stepping off point here to, to try and look ahead to the Super Bowl, which we're going to give a lot more talking about over the next few weeks. You have a couple of weeks. The Super Bowl is not until February 7th. This, this episode is going to air on the 26th of January. So we have some time between now and then. So we're going to give our official Super Bowl predictions. We're going to give a whole rundown and everything like that. The only thing I really want to say here is, how do you bet against Tom Brady? But I want to follow that by saying, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? Um, I'm going to leave that. And you guys, I'm planting a little seed right now. Maybe it can grow into a tree. And if you guys can come up with a way that you can – bet against either of those guys, please reach out to us on Twitter because I'm fucking looking for anything right now. The NFL and the playoffs have absolutely fucking killed me. So please, if you can come up with a way to bet against Patrick Mahomes and also bet against Tom Brady and win somehow, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at MotorCityBets. And Josh, I think we're going to look at this now. let's, Let's get back to our roots here. There's been Let's a lot it. of news in Detroit. There's been a lot of sports played in Detroit. Let's get back to focusing on that. Let's I want to continuing on with football here. So there is some pretty unsettling news that came out this weekend. I want to I want to go ahead to all of our Detroit listeners. A little trigger warning here. We're about to get into some emotional content. So if you need to take a pause here and grab a couple of tissues or maybe crack several of bats, you know, no free ads, but several of bats. Um, you know, take some time, take a couple deep breaths. We're going to get into this here. So the news I'm talking about, Josh, is that our golden boy, our number one pick, the quarterback for most of my life, Matthew Stafford, the toughest man, at least on the Lions, wants out. What was your gut reaction, Josh? Trevor, it was... It, it was incredibly sad. I I didn't know how to take the news at first because I've grown up with Matthew Stafford being my quarterback for such a long time, ever since I can remember. I mean, I remember guys before him, John Kittenedger, Stanton, Dan Orlowski. God, but this man... 
from year one, he knew that he was coming into a dumpster fire. And it didn't matter to Matt. He, he always wanted to play his heart out for the city and for the team. He wanted to be that beloved leader that frankly the Lions were missing and did not have for, for quite some time. So initially I was, I was heartbroken because to me, this man epitomes everything that the the city of Detroit is. It's, it's hard nosed. It's, it's gritty. It's, it's willing to put out and do whatever it takes to get, to get where we need to get. And, as Detroit sports fans, we love to see that. But after, you know, giving myself some time to process and understand the future of this team, this this was coming. This needed to happen. And I do not care what team Matthew Stafford becomes the next quarterback of. I am going to be one of that team's biggest fans because of the stand-up guy and just incredible teammate, player, husband, father. He has been throughout his time here in the city of Detroit. Trevor, what were your initial reactions when you found all this out? First of all, Josh, I mean, that was beautiful the way you said it. I agree with you on quite a bit there. However, my my gut reaction was it was almost like it was almost like I got dumped. But I got dumped in a way that where I was like, you know what, I knew this was coming and like I just didn't want to talk about it, but like I knew I figured it might happen. And that's that's kind of how I felt. Um I too grew up remembering quarterbacks before Matt Stafford, but like they didn't in my mind, in my at least in my memory, which is <laughs> getting worse every day, but <laughs> I, I just, none of them felt real. Like Matt Stafford was the first quarterback that provided that. Like he was, he was the spark that this town, at least from a football perspective, had never seen. You have to think Matt Stafford came into the league. His first year was 2009. Let's look back a little bit. What was happening in Detroit in 2009, just from a sports perspective, we were coming off of some real high baseball success in 06. We had a real good young team with Cabrera, Verlander, all those guys. We were fucking studs. The Pistons had just won five years ago in 2004. That Correct. was starting to fade a bit, but, like, there was still some hype. Oh, there's a lot of hype around Pistons. They were, they were still a good team at that time. They were still a great team, yeah. And then I, you had the Detroit Red Wings winning the Stanley Cup in 08 and going right back to the Stanley Cup Finals and taking it to Game 7 in 09. So we were at a little height, you know, like not quite a championship city, but at least a competent city when it came to sports besides the Lions because in 08, Obviously, it was our, our for the first ever 0-16 season. But not only was Detroit going through, you know, some success sports-wise, we were going through the ringer in life, um, you know, yeah. with all the auto industries really being, or at least the American auto industries really being, you know, focused around the Detroit area. The 08 economic depression or recession or however anyone wants to clarify, we're not an economic show here, we're not a political show here, but no chance. But, Life was hard uh, at that time in this city, and to get a guy like Matt Stafford for the Lions, because the Lions have—I mean, the Wings have always been the the pedigree. I think the Pistons have been the heart, and the Tigers have been a nice little appetizer. <laughs> but the Lions have always just been that soul, soul of this city, and the soul of this city has just been kicked constantly. And I think that we heard that in our in our, in our man's. MCDC, you know, last week, which we'll get to a little bit later again about how his staff is starting to fill out. But, you know, you get a guy like Matt Stafford who just is the epitome of fucking grit. Like, you look up grit in the dictionary, it's Matt fucking Stafford. And not only is it just him, it's also his wife. I mean, she went through all that, all that horrific medical stuff here in the city and, and the whole city embraced her and helped her. Um, and so I guess with all that being said, I'll, I'll get to the point. I'm sad to see him go, 
But at the same time, just like you said, any team he goes to, it doesn't matter. Automatically, I'm, I'm rooting for them to win the Super Bowl, if not us. <sighs> However, I do think I do think it was probably time. I thought that he was going to play out next year. But at the same time, too, I could see why he doesn't want to have to try and learn a whole new system from a whole new set of coaches and a whole new everything again. I think you need to give this guy to a team that's missing a quarterback that by getting him, he can elevate them to the next level. I want to see this man play in the playoffs. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. He's by no means a first ballot, but if he gets a Super Bowl his first year out of Detroit, or at least makes it to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden I think that that conversation changes. So, Josh, there's a few teams around the league right now, and we'll get a little bit more into it in the offseason when it officially starts in a couple weeks here. But your early reactions, where do you think Stafford goes? I would like to see him go, I'd say, one of three places. I think any of these three teams, I I would be incredibly happy for him. First, I'll start off in the AFC South with the Pat McAfee Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, not bad. Phillip Rivers retiring, Jacoby Brissett, free agent. Got a really good offensive line and run game. Very young, talented defense. Established run game. Yeah, all they really need is a gunslinger. And let me tell you, Matthew Stafford is that gunslinger. My next destination, I'm going to say, is a team in the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. Had a down year. I believe they finished 6-10, and something something like like that. Um, A lot of injuries uh, along the defensive and offensive side of the ball. Jimmy G was in and out all the time at quarterback. They lost Nick Bosa. And who's their other defensive end? I believe Solomon Thomas, maybe. Uh, don't don't quote me on that second one. But they both tore their uh, ACLs. Richard Sherman was out for a period of time. I don't think Jimmy G's the answer at quarterback. But I think if you were to throw Matt Stafford into a Kyle Shanahan offense with Raheem Mostert, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle – Along with that stellar defense on the other side of the ball, pretty scary. That's a top two, maybe three team in the NFC. And then I kind of just threw this in in here to get your reaction here, Trevor. But why not the New Orleans Saints? Who my other favorite team? Yeah, I mean Drew Brees retiring. That team allegedly. Still has, I don't know if it's official yet. Ale- correct, correct. Allegedly. You know, you got uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. They have that speedy punt returner who tore it up the last part of the season. And the only problem is with the Saints is they've got zero cap room. And they've got players that they got to re-sign and that they're also going to need to prioritize and restructure their contact contracts just to make sure the team isn't a hundred million dollars over the salary cap. Cause I believe with where they're at right now, I think they're at like $96 million over the salary cap for next year. So they're going to have to do a lot of work. I but think Trevor, on, that, on that point, oh, sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I was, I, I was just going to say, do you have any, predictions or yeah so i want to address what you were talking about with the saints there i think that i think that they have their guy at least for next year especially due to the salary cap i think james has one year left on his deal um and i think that he is a gunslinger as well um i don't know if he's the guy the guy but i think that he's going to be given a chance at least somewhere and then you have you know the goat in training himself, Tyson Hill, who is just a stud at times. So I think the Saints are going to be set from a quarterback perspective. So I'm going to take that part of it away, and I'm going to completely shake up everything. So who are the top three quarterbacks that are going to be potentially available based off early off-season, not necessarily quite off-season yet, but basically off-season rumors. 
all these guys are still in a contract, but they're the best three available. You have Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, and Deshaun Watson. You have three teams that are very close to being the next level and are just missing a good quarterback to get them there. You have, as you mentioned, the 49ers. I think Aaron Rodgers goes to the 49ers. California kid goes home, gunslings it for a few more years. Maybe he wins one out there. Either way, he's going to go down as a legend. He's going to finish at home. It's a nice little story. Fucking ESPN will be jerking each other off about how beautiful it is. Next up, Deshaun Watson. He goes to the Colts. Colts are a young team. Deshaun Watson's a gunslinger, and he's fucking mobile. Wow. He's a better version of Jacoby Brissett. Much, much better. It's <laughs> a much better version. He can throw the ball. He can move. He wants out. I could see that happening. I think with Deshaun Watson and the Colts, the AFC becomes a little bit more difficult. I don't know if the Colts are necessarily beating Patty Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs, but they're like, with that defense and that run game, I mean, fuck, that is. And then if you add the passing of fucking Deshaun Watson, that would be nice. That's a lot. That would be nice. Finally, everyone seems to forget about them this year, but there's that one team in the AFC East. I don't know if you, you might have heard of them. They've done some successful things in the past. They're coached by an all-time coach, uh, you know, by the name of Bill Belichick. And I'm talking, obviously, about the New England Patriots. They had 11 starters on both sides of the ball out this year because they opted out for COVID. Relatively interesting to me that Bill Belichick would opt out that would allow his players to opt out for COVID, first of all. But then, you know, they tried Cam Newton, who's a very mobile quarterback, who also is a former gunslinger. I mean, he was never the same after his injuries. But at the same time, too, you can't necessarily expect a guy to be the same after all those injuries that he's sustained. And I mean, if Cam Newton has the ability to sign as a, as a backup, I think he does. If not, I think he should ride off into the sunset. He had a great career. That being said, the defense of the New England Patriots are returning, I think, seven or eight starters that were off from last year. So they're only a couple pretty good. Like, they're one or two star receivers away from being a great team and a quarterback. So they have the 15th overall pick this year, Josh. 15th overall pick probably isn't going to net you a stud quarterback, and you really don't want to spend a 15th overall pick on a star receiver. Unless you get like Devonte Smith somehow, like, yeah, which he won't fall to fifteen. To 15. It's possible. So, if I'm Bill Belichick, you talk to the Lions that you've made deals with before. I mean, the Lions are shaking the image of the Patriots away from them after their poor experience with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. But you trade Matt Stafford to the New England Patriots. That New England Patriots team all of a sudden has a younger version. I'm going to go ahead and say this a younger version of a similar Tom Brady. I'm not saying he is Tom Brady because no one's fucking Tom Brady. Nope. Closest alive is probably Patrick Mahomes with his play making ability. Like don't fucking cancel me because I said Matt Stafford is somewhat similar to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady at fucking 32 years old was a gunslinger who was semi mobile in the pocket who could keep plays alive. Matt Stafford is a gunslinger, semi-mobile in the pocket, who can keep plays alive. I think if you plug Matt Stafford, who has the grit, that I don't even know if Tom Brady has that level of grit, into an offensive line that was mostly out due to injury and COVID, into a defense that opted out with a team that didn't have hardly anything, but they have a pretty strong run game, which Matt Stafford has really never had in Detroit. You had a couple of receivers. You had a receiver in the second round, which, I mean, there's a lot of good receivers that are available in the second round. Maybe you sign somebody in the offseason if you're the Patriots. There's going to be a lot of free agent receivers. We'll all get to when the season ends. But I don't know. I'm just saying, Matt Stafford to New England, that sounds like a Super Bowl contending team. Oh, of course. I think a Super Bowl contending team. I I mean, I'm not going to start that rumor. But we possibly may start that rumor. Um, definitely going to start tweeting that out. Check us out on Twitter, at MotorCityBets. Yes, sir. Josh, what do you think? Am I am I cold on this? Like, No, I, 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 I don't think you're cold on that. I think the teams that you said are all, you know, reasonable fits. 
I, 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 if I'm being honest, whatever team Matt Stafford ends up on, he's going to make them an immediate Super Bowl contender. I mean, unless maybe you're the Jags or the Bears. You know, I, I don't think – I think those kinds of teams are far too many pieces away. But I think some of the teams that we mentioned, they're close. And I think as Detroit sport fans – we're going to really learn to appreciate what Matt Stafford was able to do here in Detroit, because I think a lot of the hate and criticism that he receives is because he, he had to play perfect to give the lions any sort of chance of of staying in, in in any game. And, And that's, that's just too much to ask for out of your quarterback. And he, you know, he finally had the balls to say enough's enough. And, you know, I don't think this is anything that we're going to have an answer to in the next week. I think this is going to draw out into, I'd say, March a lot closer to the draft. Yeah, I agree. I guess uh, to end up this to end this conversation, we're going to have this probably every episode, especially as news comes out. What do you think the Lions do? You, do you think the Lions take their pick and try and draft a QB, or do you think they just roll out with Chase Daniel, or do they try and sign somebody themselves in free agency just as a little leap year thing? That's a really good question. I think if the quarterback they want falls to them, they'll take him. Yeah. If not, I could see them either going defense or offense because it, it looks like the Detroit Lions are headed in the right direction of a rebuild. And if that's going to happen, Trevor, Kenny Galladay is not going to stick around. No, he's gone. He, he, he's, he doesn't want to going to be part of a of a rebuild because he's too talented of a receiver and he, he does not want – Chase Daniels throwing him the ball. Trevor, you look like you. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. So he's about to be a free agent come March. Let's say we trade Stafford to the Pats for their 15th overall pick, and then they sign Keeney Galladay. All of a sudden, that Pats team is unreal. It's unreal. That's an incredible thought. Wow. And they already had that connection. Thought of that. That connection True. with the discipline of Bill Belichick. <sighs> but t- t- tell me here, Trevor, who just landed another job in Patsboro? Yeah, fat ass Pat. Matt Patricia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kenny Galladay and Matt and Matt Stafford are not the biggest advocates or fans of Matt Patricia. Now, Stafford doesn't really have control over where he can go. I believe I I don't take my word on this, but I might be wrong or I might be right in saying that I believe Kenny Galladay is a restricted free agent, which means we could sign him to a franchise tag and what I could see happening is Lions signing Kenny Galladay to that franchise tag and then shipping him off at the deadline for for some picks of of, of some sorts, you know? To yeah, that's probably actually the most probable. I guess I just get a little excited. I mean, I don't hate the – a lot of Americans hate the Patriots. I get it, but they're really smart, and I, and I could see them being, being smart enough to finesse Stafford and then also get Galladay without having to fucking pay anything. But I think that we're kind of getting into a little bit of postseason talk here, and we still have a little bit of football left. So I don't really want to – I want to save some of our probably incredibly freezing cold takes for then. I want to end with just this last thing on the Lions football season here. And hear me out. This is a fucking galaxy brain, tin hat, maybe rolling up something else and in that a little bit type, type thought process here. I think Carson Wentz gets released by the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're the Lions, do you sign him for a one or two year deal? Well, we if we if we don't get the quarterback we want in the draft, or even Mitch Strabisky, I think I think we get somebody no, like uh, do not no person. That's no, what I think. Mitch That's what I think. No to Mitch Trubisky. No chance. I knew you were going to go there, and I had to shut it down immediately. Fair. I Fair. don't want. Fair. I do not want that man 
setting foot as the starting quarterback at the Detroit Lions. You're He's just asking us every time though. Against two, Trevor, who is our head coach? Patricia. Exactly. Our defensive guru who somehow managed to let our team give up 32 points a game this year. Just atrocious. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. I think Carson Wentz and the Honolulu Blue might happen for cheaper than people think. And I, I don't hate that. I think that, you know, Carson Wentz back when he was a virgin, you know, before he was married, fantastic quarterback. Virginity lost Carson Wentz. I'm not sure he's the same guy, but um, you know maybe maybe a change of scenery for him can help. That being said, Josh, I want to get away from the horrifically depressing topic that is the Detroit Lions football organization. Although I do have more hope now than I did before, but I always have hope at this time in the year. Always. I want to move on to another horribly depressing <laughs> Detroit sports franchise. In the Pistons, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on there, sir? Yeah, so the Pistons. Let me check the standings. Oh, they still suck. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, nothing's changed there. Uh, Derek Rose, Blake, uh, Blake Griffin. They're taking some time uh, during the course of the season to save themselves from injury. Derek uh, Rose has been experiencing a little bit of left knee soreness and Blake, we're trying to monitor him. Blake is washed. He needs to go, but there's not going to be any way that we can get that man out of here because he just can't do anything right. But he's a great role model here for these younger guys. You know, Killian Hayes is still out. Uh, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart. Josh Jackson, Jeremy Grant had a not even an off game because he had 21 points, but he hit the over on his prop. Cost me money. Not yeah, happy about him. that. Cost me money too. Next game comes out, hits his over. All right, whatever. But yeah, this team is is still trash, and it's, it, there isn't anything about it that that's really going to change anytime soon. So. They did win today against the Philadelphia 76ers. But that doesn't really change the outlook of this season. You know, they're going to win some games, and there might be impressive games, you know, like against the 76ers, which is a very talented playoff team in the East. I took a boosted uh, a boosted money line, or profit rather, for, uh, fuck, somebody hit a three-point. Didn't. Was it Ben Simmons? Yep, that's who it was. Uh, yeah, he's he's a terrible shooter. Um, yeah, it was plus 900. I was like, dude, please. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't. He's Yeah, he's he's pretty bad, but 6'10 point guard, those are kind of hard to come by. So when it comes to the Pistons, Trevor, they're bad. They're still going to be bad, but I'm still going to watch them, and I'm still going to try and watch the growth of these young guys to see what the future holds for the Pistons. You know, there's a lot of optimism with Jeremy Grant and the type of player he's developing into, and a lot of the young guys, you know, they're starting to make a name for themselves. Well, I love Trevor. to hear that. I love to hear that, Josh. And I'm going to continue to get all of my hot takes on the NBA slash Pistons from you and also Twitter. I don't take hot takes at all from Twitter other than the NBA. That's the only place that I go to for any of my NBA news. So anything you hear from me, I learned from Twitter. Keeping it within the basketball realm here, you know, we have a team that's near and dear to our hearts. My alma mater, your soon-to-be alma mater, Michigan State. Our basketball team looks like shit. They got fucked by COVID. Give everybody an update. Where is Michigan State basketball? What can we expect? What's happening? Where do we go from here? Well, unfortunately, Michigan and Michigan State both agreed to postpone, which translates to cancel. I just heard there was only Michigan. Michigan State obviously is too much great. We would never cancel anything. Agreed, agreed, agreed. We that was my mistake. I got it from a better bad report. We'll edit this out, obviously, people. We don't want to make Josh look that bad ever again. No, 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 no chance. Um but the February 6th matchup between Michigan State and Michigan men's basketball has been canceled slash postponed. 
which is tough to see. But in positive news, Michigan State did practice today. I believe they had 10 players practice today. Is that their first practice since the whole COVID thing? Yes. It, it was, oh, nice. Well, okay. it, was, it was their first uh, larger team practice. They did have okay. the players working out in groups, um, you know, based off of maybe symptoms, positions, that kind of stuff. Okay. They are scheduled to play, I believe, Rutgers this Thursday evening. Everything is seeming to be on track for that game. So hopefully we can get a game in against Rutgers. And then I believe later that next weekend, we have a game against Ohio State, I believe on Sunday, the 31st. Okay. So, you know, hopefully we can get to see some MSU basketball this week. I've been very MSU basketball deprived. I need it. I think it's to the point where regardless of the spread, I'm going to be putting money on it. Michigan oh, State money I mean, line. Me too. Duh. Could be a huge mistake for not having played in two weeks and there's going to be rust, but I'm going to ride with my Spartan dogs. That's for damn sure. Well, I mean, me too. At this point, I'm such a fucking wash. It doesn't fucking matter. So I may as well ride out with teams I love. And speaking of teams that I love, I want to transition us to the National Hockey League once again. There's a little team in Detroit. They wear the same jerseys for the past fucking thousand years. Detroit Red Wings. They had an outstanding series against the Columbus Blue Jackets where they looked like a professional hockey team. So, naturally, with the onslaught of online betting, I fucking had to ride with them on Friday. Of course. About, I don't know, less than an hour after I placed a huge wager on them to money line beat the fucking Blackhawks, an old-time rival. That they got put back in the same division, which I'll get to here in a second. If for people who don't know how the NHL is looking this year, I'll, I'll explain stuff here in a second again. But anyway, I took them huge to find that five of their players, four of their players who are on the second power play, so their next best offensive players, to be out on COVID. And the NHL is doing things a little fucking strict when it comes to COVID. They're out for two weeks, 14 days. Provided they test positive at the end of 10 days, they still have to wait another four days. So that's where you get the 14. And then it's anywhere from two to three days. They have to take, a, uh, I don't know, some sort of cardiology test to make sure they're cleared. And once they're cleared, they're back on. So essentially, you're, if you're on the COVID list, you're out for about three weeks before you can play again. So five of the, the Wings' relative top guys are going to be out for the next three weeks. Wings are about to experience the pain and suffering that they experienced pretty much all last year. It's going to be tough as a Detroit Red Wings fan. But as a Detroit Red Wings fan, I ask you, I beg you to stay with them, even though they're going to lose the majority of the next games. As a gambler, bet the puck line on the other team. Root for the other team to win, but root for us to play well. That's about all we can hope for here. We looked like dog shit against Chicago. Fucking terrible. And that's that's really about all I have to say. I lost here. You're gonna say the wings also suck. But you're a pretty positive guy, Josh. Is there any is there any kind of optimistic look that you might have? Not necessarily, but the that does mean we get a higher draft pick, and that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about the Iser plan, baby. I love that. I'm bought love in. that. That's a good spin. That's a great spin. I think I think with that, Josh, I want to end our conversation on the dismal state that is Detroit sports. We've had a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But I do think that the decade that is the 2020s is going to be our year. We're going to have on sometime next week or maybe later this week some people to talk more about the NHL. So if you're looking to get your fix in the NHL, maybe figure out how to bet with them, which, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm your guy. But we're going to try and, and give a good preview of them. Uh, on our episode later on this week. So, Josh, I want to I wanna take this. I want to I look at our records from last week. We're almost done here. I had a stunning 0-3, and, and you went 1-2. A little success. A little, just so Josh, a little. I want to start with you. I'm giving you three picks for the end of this show. What are your three picks for the viewers? Go. All right, I'm going to start off with tomorrow. I'm sorry. Today, the 26th, we're headed to college basketball, and I want to have the 
Texas Longhorns spread versus Oklahoma. I think it's a little bit of a bold take there, but from what I've seen, what I've seen from Texas this year, I've been very impressed with. They are one of the top teams in the Big 12. Oklahoma is a very good team. They did just come off a win against Kansas, I believe. I saw that game. They look good. My next play is going to be Wednesday, the 27th. This was the one game that actually gave me my victory in the weekly plays. So I'm going to run it back with them. I'm going back to the NCAA basketball men's and I'm taking Baylor versus the spread against K-State. Lastly, lastly, I've got a little bit of a Thursday night inside the NBA parlay. I've got Clippers money line, Lakers against the point spread, the Portland Trailblazers money line. And in my notes here, I've got Phoenix spread slash money line. I'm going to take, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take Phoenix and the spread. Oh, so those are my three picks for this week's episode, but for the midweek lock section we'll obviously have a weekend lock section for for friday's episode so trevor that zero and three start that's that's got to be tough how do you yeah please tell me what you got on your docket for for this week trying to bounce back and bring yourself to a 500 record well josh yeah i see here so i realized that i suck in nfl playoffs thank god there's no nfl playoffs this week so i'm safe there I also suck at the NHL, but, you know, oftentimes when you feel like you suck the most, that's when you need to lean in and try and get better. And I feel like me shunning away from the NHL, which is what my brain, gut, and wallet are telling me to do, I need to look the other way and I need to go right back into the fire. I need to go to where I suck and I need to try and try again. So... I'm going to start things off a little NHL parlay, which have been hitting at only one out of the last 12 for me. So we're not doing great, but there's time to turn it around. So on the 26th, which is today, which is Tuesday, take the over in the Penguins versus Bruins, which is 5.5. Parlay that with Moneyline Dallas against Detroit. RIP to our boys, but no chance. And you parlay that with the Abs plus one and a half puck line against the Sharks. The overall odds of that parlay are 494. Then it's pretty good value, pretty low risk. Bruins, Tukarask hasn't been that hot. Penguins, they haven't been that hot. But oftentimes when those two teams meet, their former foes, especially in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of goals scored. Dallas has had a slow start to their season. I mean, they're 2 0, but they had a slow start because of COVID, so they missed the first few games. Detroit's coming off an absolute walloping, as we talked about, against Chicago. So I expect Detroit to have some fight, but they're missing all those guys like we talked about. So I just don't think they have the offense to go up against Dallas. And then the Avs, I'm running the Avs all fucking year. I have a big future out on them to win the Stanley Cup. And to win the Stanley Cup, you got to at least, you know, start doing well in the regular season. So I'm going to take them against the Sharks, which are an absolute dog shit team. My second pick, which is Wednesday the 27th, I'm taking, I'm going back to the National Hockey League against my better judgment, but hopefully we win on Tuesday. So then all of a sudden Wednesday seems a little bit smarter. We're going to take the Preds money line against the Canucks. Canucks won pretty handedly tonight against the Ottawa Senators, but that doesn't matter. Hockey changes every day. I think the Preds, they have some stuff to prove. The Canucks also have stuff to prove, but I think the Preds have a greater team. So I'm going to go with them. And then on Thursday, the 28th, we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to go against the grain here. I'm dropping hockey. I'm picking up men's basketball for the NCAA. And I'm taking a fucking underdog. The odds weren't completely out yet, but I'm going to take unranked Oregon money line against 23rd in the the country ranked UCLA. I think that Oregon's had the short on the stick a little bit with the COVID situation, so... 
uh, they're nine and three. UCLA was 12 and three. I think that Oregon, I mean, their uniforms are beautiful. So at that point alone, you have to buy in on them. They're going to be probably plus, you know, between 200 and 300. Obviously, double check before you buy, but that line's not out yet. And I think that that's a pretty good value going into UCLA, which I know nothing about, but fuck them. I mean, Oregon's got better unis, and I'm I'm just going to roll with that because nothing – like, my brain's not working, so I may as well use my eyes. Wow. That's uh, a – those are some – Pretty interesting locks, Trevor. I'm, I'm very interested to see, you know, where we're at with our midweek locks come come Friday's episode. Yeah, Josh. I mean, hopefully, you know, I had a pretty positive Friday and Saturday. Hopefully, I can kind of turn that around. If uh, Monday the 25th, any indication, it's not happening yet. But I'm confident looking over this week. And, you know, I think that I think we have a good place to go from here. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where we, where we can really where we can really pull with this online gambling. So with that being said, Josh, I'm I'm pretty all set in the episode. Is there anything else you want to say before we before we end things for the today? No, I I had a I had a great time recording with you today, Trevor, and uh, I'm looking forward to to getting into more sports talk. Well, Josh, you sounded betting. you sounded fucking beautiful, and I want to once again thank. Anyone who's ever listening to us, if you if you're really satisfied with us, or if you're not, doesn't matter. Please chirp us on Twitter at Motor City Bets. If you do like the show, or at least think it's funny to fade us, please tell any and all of your friends. And I cannot wait to touch base with you guys again on Friday. Everyone have a good night. <laughs>